Ted dancing, longbow, Larry, and Harold Heavy Hands, and longbow Larry, strawberry shortcake, aka Ted dancing. You were very close to nailing it uh, until, of course, you got to the like second word in your sentence and completely fucked the rest of it up. So you know, wait, what part was fucked up? <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good point. It's a very good point. Uh, this this episode's literally coming out on Monday. I like I contacted you guys like way too late to record this, so this is literally coming out in like four days. Um, that that's bad math. Uh, Six days. Thank well, you. Thank you, Strawberry Shortcake. Well, it's yeah. one day because like this is Sunday, and it's coming right. out tomorrow. Or right, it's coming out yesterday. There you go. Because it's actually Tuesday. It's the best way to think about it. So it's coming out in minus one days. Perfect. Let's oh. let's move off of that topic. <laughs> to the audience, we'll be recording this tomorrow. So let us know if you have anything that you would like us to say. Yeah. And we will say it tomorrow, and you can hear it today. Us here, Captain Death, Harold Heavy Hands, and Longball Larry. Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> He's like he he's doing pretty good at saying the names. It's just the fact that he's getting your name completely wrong. That you know. I know, the, and the thing is that he's the long ball Larry, and I'm indeed Ted Danson. No, because we had a salad off, and he clearly it, lost. We didn't have a salad. It wasn't a salad off. We never agreed on the salad off. We had a shrimp off. We had a shrimp off, and I won the shrimp off. I remember that. Yeah, and that made me officially Ted Danson. <clears throat> you are the closer. Well, you did win a pong game but like to two become e- the closer. Two years later, but we had the salad off. It wasn't a salad off. We were just at <laughs> Olive Garden. We were at Olive Garden, and he stopped eating salad, and I continued eating salad. I said, I'm, I'm Ted Danson. Now. And I said, no, I didn't agree to these terms. This I was going to say, that doesn't sound fair. Yeah. No, but like I was like, if you want to... <laughs> no. If you like, go, if you want to compete, then you got to eat more salad. And he's like, I've had enough salad. And I was, I was like, like this isn't... This wasn't agreed to. I've already... No, I I agree with him. One of those large balls (laughs) of salad. I agree with strawberry shortcake. He's unfair terms. I had a whole carbonara coming. I couldn't just... Right. Why would you pack a salad? So did I. We got the same exact order. You did. You you fucking killed it. I'm proud of you. We got the same order. I had wine. I had a little bit of wine. And I won the salad off. Yeah, but, like, what had you eaten that day? Like... How how hungry were you? I think like, I was. That all doesn't matter. So, I was yeah, given there, about ten minutes matters. notice before we went. If you know you're about to go into a salad <laughs> off, you don't eat for like two days prior, so yeah. you can max on those greens. No, that's dumb. When I have an off, I just eat whatever I want. Up to the off. Explains why you've lost the one time that it was official. Also, when I like <laughs> force myself to eat too much, I get like. <laughs> Like a runny butthole. 
and I have to stop. Sounds like a real long ball Larry problem. But also, I want the salad off. No. He did eat. Uh, uh, yeah, I ate all the little peppers. The pepperoncinis. Pepperoncinis. And the onions. But I got the black olives. Onions. You did, well, you like specifically wanted the olives. I love olives. I don't. So, do you guys, uh, do you know what we're doing? It's 54 <clears throat> backwards. Do you remember? I don't. I remember you. We you, were really stoned. It's okay. It we were, happens. We were at the uh, the drive-in, and I handed you a blunt. There you go. Like I usually do, and I said, <clears throat> I said, uh, do you do you do you know what uh, what episode you're gonna be on coming up? Other than the the two hundred, because we were talking about the special with where am I, mm-hmm. and. Um, he was he was giving me some toot about the special. He's like, oh, if you let me in more of it, you know, I'll care more. And I was like, I don't give a fuck how much you care. You're going to die in <laughs> two fucking minutes when the special Who starts. Who said that? Where am I? Oh, yeah, he might die. Oh, he's definitely so, going like, to die. So, like, for this thing, are you making predetermined characters, like, based off of our characters on the no. show. No, 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 it's not it's not D&D. I felt like that would be cool. It's oh, not it's D&D. D&D. It's not D&D. It's a it's a game that I made. But it but it you get to choose what you do much like D&D. Also, if you, and there are dice rolls. If you nice. die in the game, you die for real. You die for real, which is going to oh, be the sweet. catchphrase and I'm going to try not to get sued <laughs> by Stay Alive for saying that all throughout the 200 episode special, but if you die in the game, you do die for real. Thank fuck. <laughs> so, you know, for the 200 special, um, it is very much a, a game that I that I have created, um, but I'm, I don't want to elaborate on it too much. I, I have explained it a little bit to, to some of the boys. Um, I'm really excited to record it. We're going to record with uh, with my A group, which I'm going to I'm going to consider my conservative group. We're gonna we're gonna record with them first, and then I'm gonna let all hell break loose and record with my wild card group, of which two of the members are actually here right now with me. I have uh, Strawberry Shortcake and Harold Heavy Hands. Wild and, card um, bitches. They are in the wild card group with Terry the Tickler. Where wow. am I? Oh. And Deputy Dewey. See, that's why you're a conservative. That's why you're a long No, bitch. he's he's in your group. <laughs> he's in the wild card group. Yeah, or in the liberals. Wild card bitch. <laughs> so that's that's happening. That's probably going to be its own its own thing. Um, who's the chair? That's, well, that's Sofa King. Who's the guy with the uh, um, face covering thing? That's crying Hawaiian. <sighs> he looks like the guy from Hey Arnold. Gerald? Gerald has, like, hair yeah, like... he's got, like, like fucking... Like Marge the, Simpson. The Marge, type, yeah, yeah, from Simpson. Yeah. You're just pointing. <laughs> now you're just pointing <laughs> at the screen. This is it. That's him. Right. So, uh... You... So we were stoned. Is Getting back to my story. We were stoned. We are smoking uh-huh. a blunt. We went to the, um... The double feature of the thing in October, and I was talking about the episode 200 special, and I was also talking about your next episode, because, uh, are you, are you doing my pose? (laughs) You're doing my pose there with the handout? 
<laughs> so are you. You kind of tell your story going like that. So it's like... Uh, I do talk with my hands, yeah. So... So, uh, I was... Like I was saying... <laughs> I walked up to you and I said... I said... Do you know who's been trying to record an episode with you, like, forever? And at and first... Django Phillips. Well, no, you've been on several episodes with Django <laughs> Phillips. You point. You first pointed at, uh, where am I? And I said, absolutely not. Because cause I don't think anyone can handle him. Uh, but the truth is, I would say since before episode 100... Harold Heavyhands has wanted to record an episode with you, and yeah. I'm gonna. I I also, I'm gonna level with you. I don't know the last time I had you on the show. Me. Yeah. Was it when we were talking about Midsummer? Yes, I was just listening to the past. Like I was checking on <clears> yeah, when he was on. It was a Midsummer catching up on horror movies. Yeah, yeah I think that Actually, was it. it might, have, might have been the stupid fucking. Oh Harry shit, the Potter Harry Potter thing. one. Yeah. Oh, there was a fan it fiction. It might have I been the Harry Potter, the Harry Potter fan fiction. Good on yes. you. Yeah. Good on you. It's a shit show. Honestly, it's one of our best reviewed episodes. <laughs> that was and I know, I know that you keep saying, I know that you hated doing it, but like, people, it was. That was with the Browns McBoo, right? And, and Terry the Tickler, yeah. Uh, Terry, no, it was okay. all four of us. And we started at like 8 o'clock and we left at like 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we, we left at like 1. And we didn't even finish it. Oh, yeah. I had to get you guys to come back two weeks <laughs> later to finish the story, because we got halfway through it, and you guys were like, how much of this fucking story is this? <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to cut out all the author segments, and we'll just read the Harry Potter parts, and it should cut this five-hour <laughs> fan fiction down to four hours, and everyone was in agreement. <laughs> But that was, yeah, that was actually, I think that was your last episode. Jesus Christ. That was, that was certainly an episode. I had, um, I had what, Strawberry your Shortcake. your favorite episode? I had Strawberry Shortcake on. My favorite, like, of all time? Yeah. I don't know Probably if he's. Vor. I don't know if he's listened to that much of the show. <laughs> Vor. Yeah. The Vor know. one? <laughs> What's Vor? There was a Vor episode with, uh, Crying Hawaiian and, and Where Am I? It's, it was a story about. Uh, a, a small man being eaten, and that's what Vor is. <laughs> There's a lot of like crunching, and it, it's basically like a fetish of getting. It's a fetish of getting devoured. Eaten. Mm-hmm. Oh. And and I accidentally had us read a story about it without realizing it, and halfway through we were like, "God damn it, it's gonna go down Vor," <laughs> and then it did for the rest of the episode. And both me crying Hawaiian and where am I sat here in uncomfortable <laughs> silence because first it was weird. First, she, like, fucked the little guy. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a guy this tall called Sade Smoles. And, uh, and first she, like, blew his tiny little dick. And then he was like, let me climb into your mouth. And where am I was doing this, like, really creepy little voice for him. Yeah, he was. And I had, I had Crying Hawaiian read for the, the woman in this situation. And he was like, all right, yeah, climb into my mouth. <laughs> and so and so Sade climbs into the mouth and starts like jacking off and he's like kill me and and the woman's like what and 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 he she finally bites down on Sade and he starts to like scream out in agony as she like tastes his blood and cartilage and he's like yes let me be with you 
and he like keeps chewing and then he and he eats she eats the little guy mm-hmm. and people like get off to that That's yeah I had a stiffy like for the entire episode he had a stiffy for the entire That's episode his favorite. Yeah. I can never talk about that episode enough. People are probably sick of me talking about that episode because it was an accident. That episode was an accident, and I named the episode after that. I'm pretty sure it's called, like, episode 160, where we accidentally read Vor. That's literally the title of the episode. Um, I'm looking at the playlist here. I know I recently had Strawberry Shortcake on... With Django. We it was were, uh, Games with Ghoulies. We were doing a Games with Ghoulies episode. That was a shout-out 168. That was uh, part four of the Games with Ghoulies, where we read rituals and, and, you know, stupid little urban legends and stuff. Recipes for destruction. Um, yeah, and then that was a shout-out to episode 165. That one time we accidentally read Vor. Um... Good times. Uh, let's Sexy. let's see uh, Harold Heavy Hands here. That's gonna be a little bit. How's your weekend? A little bit sooner. I mean, you still got one day left because it's Sunday, but like it is. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty much over. One hundred and thirty-nine. Or no, it's my Sunday morning. That was your last episode. Thirty-nine. All right. Well, this is episode uh, one hundred and eighty-eight. So it's it's certainly been a while since I've had either been of you. A while. I've had you. I, I, I haven't had. I haven't had you on in like a year. I want you guys to know. I do that joke literally every time I say that. <laughs> it's the first time that other people are doing it, and I'm not doing it. It's been a while. So, I uh, I haven't had Harold Heavy Hands on like all year, and uh, I had I had Strawberry Shortcake on like. I would say half half a year ago, pre was that pre pandemic? That was pre pandemic. I think so. I, I think old, that was like right at the beginning. Of I the had pre- the old TV in here. Yes, the demic. Yeah, but that <clears> was like right when it first was kicking off. So it might have been like March or something like that. It's starting back up. Yeah, we're getting there. Who knows? Uh, cancel Christmas! Yay! So anyway, episode one hundred and eighty-eight. Getting back to the story, so we're getting high at the drive-in. We're about to watch those movies. <laughs> we're never gonna finish this stuff. And, uh, and I say, I say, you know who really wants to record an episode with you? And you point at where am I? And I say, absolutely not. And then you, you then you guess correctly, and you say, Harold, heavy hands. But you say his real name, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Which you, is I'm, I'm like, you nailed it. Dance. No, it's long ball, Larry. So no, 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 no. Here, here we are. We're finally doing it. Uh, I would say. Harold has wanted to do this since, like, before episode 90, um, and I, I was trying to find material for us to read, and I didn't want us to get into anything serious, I didn't want us to get into anything long, so I told myself, what, what's short, what's quick, what can we trade off on, but also, like, enjoy doing, and, um, I recently did the first half of this book, with Deputy Dewey, and he had a really good time, so I'm hoping that that we uh, enjoy. But we are on the second book by Alvin Schwartz, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, nice. We are reading more Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This is part two of uh, the second out of the three books, uh, or part four of the Feel the Schwartz episodes that we've done, each, each part 
has been done with different people. So I'm here with Strawberry Shortcake and Harold Heavy Hands to read more Alvin Schwartz and look at those uh, fun Stephen Gamel illustrations that are now uh, no longer published. Uh, rest in peace, you ugly illustrations. Are any of these about claws? They very, they very may well be. Um, I know that since episode like sixty eight, you've been looking for claws. It's so the claw special. I saw the claw, the claw special. special yeah. yeah. So uh, how do how do how do you boys feel about just jumping jumping right in? Mm. Let's do it. <laughs> what noise was that? <laughs> he like raised his hand. He was like, hey. <laughs> and we're starting I, with the fifty four backwards. Yeah, we're starting with fifty four backwards, which is forty five. <clears throat> I shall. Don't know. It's forty five. I shall lead the way. This next section of stories that we're going to be reading is called When I Wake Up, Everything Will Be All Right. Uh, there are scary stories here about a subway car, a shopping mall, and other dangerous places. I don't think shopping malls are very dangerous. Um, I would also <laughs> level that subway cars are dependent on where you are, because in Philadelphia, uh, I definitely didn't feel safe. Uh, but that's also the city in general. City claws. We might get there. We might, we might see some claws. You never, you never know. I'm gonna let big, meaty claws. I'm gonna let <laughs> Strawberry Shortcake start with this first one. Uh, we got a little guy up here. He's got some claws. Okay. Yeah. Look at him go. Yeah, he, he got a strong arm. He got a strong arm over here. Yeah. And then uh, we got. Grandma and a nice kite, and I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let Strawberry Shortcake start with O Susanna. Don't you crap on me. Susanna and Jane shared a small apartment near the university where they were students. When Susanna got back from the library one night, the lights were out and Jane was asleep. Susanna undressed in the dark and quietly got into bed. She had almost fallen asleep when she heard someone humming the tune to the song, Oh Susanna. Jane, she said, please stop humming. I want to get some sleep. Jane didn't answer, but the humming stopped, and Susanna fell asleep. She awakened early the next morning, too early, she decided, and was trying to get back to sleep when she heard the humming again. Please go back to sleep, she told Jane. It's too early to get up. Jane didn't answer, but the humming continued. Susanna became angry. Cut it out, she said. It's not funny. When the humming still did not stop, she lost her temper. She jumped out of bed, pulled the covers off Jane, and screamed. Jane's head was gone. Somebody had cut off her head. I'm having a nightmare, Susanna told herself. When I wake up, everything will be all right. <laughs> and it wasn't. That's the end of the story. <laughs> 94. That is. It's 94 uh, backwards is the current page we're on. Great. I'm really happy that we're going to continue talking <laughs> about what page we're on. <laughs> For all of those who are possibly reading along with us, we are not on page 94. <laughs> we're going to be on 05. We're going right from 94 to 5. All right. Look, at, like look at these guys. Counting. Look at these, oh, look at these yeah. weird guys going oh, on. triplets or We're going to let, uh, since you're in the middle, I think it's only I right. I am the man in the middle. <laughs> I think we're only going to let uh, Harold Heavy Hands read The Man in the Middle. Stuck in the middle. 
can't make musical jokes about it every time. Don't We could try. <laughs> it was almost midnight. Sally Truitt had just gotten on the subway train at 50th Street. <laughs> you know the crazy part? It's on the 50th page. <laughs> so yes. for those listening along, we're on the 50th page, and it just mentioned 50th Street, so that's a shot. Great, everybody. Everyone, yep, take a hit. <laughs> Subway train at 50th Street after visiting her mother. Don't worry, Sally had told her. The subway is safe. There is always a policeman on duty. But that night, she didn't see one, except for her, the subway car was empty. At 42nd Street, three tough-looking men got on. Two of them were holding up the third, who looked drunk. His head rolled from side to side, and his legs refused to work. When they got him seated between them, his head came to rest on one of his shoulders. Sally thought he was staring at her. She buried her head in a book and tried not to notice. At 28th Street, one of the men stood up. Take it easy, Jim, he said to the man in the middle, and he got off. At, 20 <laughs> At 23rd Street, Jim's other friend stood up. You'll be fine. He said, and he got off. Yeah. <laughs> now the only ones left in the car were Jim and Sally. Just then the train went around a sharp curve, and Jim pitched onto the floor at Sally's feet. When she looked down at him, she saw a trickle of blood on the side of his head, and just above it, a bullet hole. It was weekend at Jim's. Yeah, it was weekend at Jim's. Jim's Jim was fucking dead. The whole you'll time, Bruce fine. Willis. Yeah, you'll be fine. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then he got off. Shit. And then everybody got off. <laughs> yeah, and then we got off Sally. in the room. Great. I'm gonna... <laughs> Why? Why is this a title? <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna read The Cat in a Shopping Bag. It's on page 52. The Cat in a Shopping Bag. Through <laughs> 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 my bird. Well, you know... Uh, <laughs> Mike would never forgive me if I didn't get the words right. Cat in the cradle with a silver spoon. A little boy blue and the man on the moon. Cat in a shovel that I don't know when. But we'll be together there. Thank you, boys. I know we're gonna have a good time, dear. The cat. Gonna have a shopping bag then. <laughs> a shopping bag. <laughs> Mrs. Briggs was driving to the shopping mall to do some last minute fucking Christmas shopping when she accidentally ran over a cat. He loves Christmas. I love Christmas. That's why it's the only holiday that we have soon to be ten episodes of on this fucking show. She could not bear to leave the corpse on the road for other cars to hit and squash, so she stopped, wrapped the cat in some tissue paper she had with her, and put it in an old shopping bag in the back seat. She would bury it in the backyard when she got home. Oh, I, I already see the hijinks coming. She's going to gift this corpse to her granddaughter. Oh, Stupid Mrs. Briggs. Don't you know Christmas is for <laughs> commercialism and capitalism? At the mall, she parked 
her car and began walking to one of the stores. She had taken only a few steps when, out of the corner of her eye, she saw a woman reach into the open window of her car and take the shopping bag with the dead cat. Oh, Never no. mind. Then the woman quickly got into a car nearby and drove away. Joke's on them. That's a corpse in there. Yeah. That bitch stole a cat. Mrs. Briggs ran back to her car and followed the woman. She caught up with her at the diner down the road. She followed her inside and watched the woman slide into a booth and give a waitress her order. As the woman sat sipping her soda, she reached into Mrs. Briggs' shopping bag. And she bent down and looked inside. A look of horror crossed her face. She screamed and then promptly fainted. The waitress called an ambulance. Two attendants carried the woman away on a stretcher. But they left the shopping bag behind. Mrs. Briggs picked up the bag and ran after them. <laughs> this is hers, she called. It's a Christmas present. She wouldn't want to lose it. Of course not. Perfect. Mrs. Briggs, a, you are a sadistic cunt. That's a clever way to ditch a dead cat. <laughs> Excuse me, my eyes are up here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Strawberry Shortcake has donned the chest plate of my Master Chief Spartan armor that I'm working on for <laughs> Halloween next year. <laughs> Alright, so we got a nice looking brick laid uh, basement with what looks like the Did shadow of a, of a bed. Yeah. Oh, and that makes sense because it's, uh, it's the bed by the window. Strawberry Shortcake, take it away. It's 45 backwards. The three old men shared a room at the nursing home. Their room had only one window, but for them, it was the only link to the real world. Ted Conklin, who had been there the longest, had the bed next to the window. When Ted died, the man in the next bed, George Best, took his place, and the third man, Richard Green, took George's bed. Despite his illness, George was a cheerful man who spent his days describing the sights he could see from his bed. Pretty girls, a policeman on horseback, a traffic jam, a pizza parlor, a fire station, and other scenes of life outside. Richard loved to listen to George, but the more George talked about life outside, the more Richard wanted to see it for himself. Yet he knew that only when George died would he have his chance. He wanted to look out that window so badly that one day he decided to kill George. Easy. He's gonna die soon anyway, he told himself. What difference would it make? George had a bad heart. If he had an attack during the night and a nurse could not get to him right away, he had pills he could take. He kept them in a bottle on top of the cabinet between his bed and Richard's. All Richard had to do was knock the bottle to the floor where George couldn't reach it. A few nights later, George died just as Richard had planned he would. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. And the next morning, Richard was moved to the bed by the window. Now he would see for himself all the things outside that George had described. After the nurses had left, Richard turned to the window and looked out. But all he could see was a blank brick wall. Ah, so George was the best at lying. He uh, was. Right. There you go. Wonderful, fancy things. Wonderful story. And not quite close to a claw. We got the dead man's hand. So which page are we on? I don't care. Harold Heavy Hands. <laughs> Harold Heavy Hands, it's only right that you read the dead man's the hand. The dead man's claw. The students at the school for nurses got along quite well with one another, except for Alice. Oof, bitch. Yeah. Come. The trouble with Alice 
was that she was perfect. Perfect. At least, that is how it seemed to the other students. She was always friendly and always cheerful. Nothing ever upset her. Her school assignments were always on time and always perfect. She didn't even bite her fingernails. <laughs> I'm sorry. I fucked that part up. Let me go back. She didn't even bite her claws. <laughs> many of the... <laughs> many of the students... <laughs> he wishes he was here for the claw special. Where all of our stories mentioned claws. I heard there was like a Pee Wee Herman noise every time the claws was mentioned. Yay! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Many of the student nurses resented Alice. They would have liked to see her fail at something, become frightened or cry, or do something that showed she had weaknesses like they did. <coughs> One night, several students tried to frighten Alice with a practical, practical joke. They borrowed the hand of a... Shit. <laughs> I gotta back up. They borrowed... They borrowed the... <laughs> they borrowed the claw of a corpse they had been studying in anatomy and tied it to the light cord in her closet. When she tried to turn on the light, she would find herself holding a Dan Band's claw. That would scare anybody. That would scare say. anybody. <laughs> Doesn't scare her. Nothing will. After tying the claw in place, they went moving. <laughs> they went to the movies. When they got back, Alice was asleep. But when they didn't see her the next morning, they decided to find out what happened. There was no sign of Alice in her room, but they soon found her. She was sitting on the floor of a closet. Ooh, big claw. Staring at the dead man's claw and mumbling to herself. <laughs> Alice didn't even look up. The joke had worked, but nobody was laughing. I think I think she 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 uh, scared herself silly. Seeing that, seeing that hand. That big, meaty claw. <laughs> Got a nice gruesome image of that that wire string holding that claw hand up right there. Good I head. think she was nice little tiny finger. <laughs> I liked that. That was good. All right, we got a weird Voldemort-looking face in the mirror. Oh, oh man, that's the in ghost. The that's the ghost. I'm looking at a ghost in the mirror. All right, this is a scary game that young people sometimes play. I'm asking him to change his way. <laughs> Trying to conjure up a ghost in the bathroom mirror. Many don't really believe that a ghost is gonna appear, but they try to raise one anyway for the fun and the excitement. For the band. Some for the band. Some are willing to settle for any ghost. But others have a particular ghost in mind. One of these is a ghost named Mary Worth, also known as Mary Jane. <laughs> or Bloody Mary. She is the heroine of an old comic strip, but some say she was actually a witch who was hanged at the infamous witch trials in Salem, Massachusetts in 1692. Another of these ghosts is La Larona, the weeping woman who wanders the streets and cities and towns from Texas to California throughout Mexico looking for her lost child owned by Bloomhouse Studios. Vivian Lopez? Yeah. Still another is Mary Wales, 
a young woman who is supposed to have been killed in a car accident in Indianapolis, Indiana, in about uh, 1965. Her ghost is one of those vanishing hitchhikers. It is said that again and again she thumbs a ride home in a passing car and then vanishes before she gets there. Here is how ghost hunters try to raise a ghost. They find a quiet bathroom, they close the door, and they turn off the lights. While they stare at their face in the mirror, they repeat the ghost's name, usually 47 times specifically, or 100 times, unspecifically. If any ghost will do, they say any ghost in place of a name. If they do manage to raise one, its face will slowly replace their face in the mirror. Some say a ghost is likely to be angry at being disturbed. If it gets angry enough, they say it will try to shatter the mirror and come right into the room. But a player can always turn on the lights and send the ghost back to where it came from. And when that happens, the game is over. And as Punxsutawney Trill would say, I'm not scared of you anymore! Adios, Neo! Alright, Strawberry <clears throat> Shortcake. It sounds like a good way to make somebody say some stupid shit to their mirror a hundred times. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> bloody Mary, 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 Bloody it's, it's impossible it's harder, it's to say it more than do, six right? times in a row. <laughs> so I'm going to let Strawberry Shortcake take on the curse. It just becomes... <laughs> 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 and the ghost comes out. <laughs> you called for me. <laughs> pissed off looking whale. The curse. The curse. My dad's friend, Harry Potter, was a small, <laughs> nervous man. Always <laughs> looking around as if he was in some kind of danger. After he told me the story about his college fraternity, I understood why. It was Hogwarts. <laughs> The frat doesn't exist anymore, he said. It was banned years ago. We had just nine members at that point, and we were taking in two more. Jack Lemon and Howard Kramer. What? He's not going to remember those names. No, he's not. I will. One night in January, just about this time of year, the nine of us took them out into the country for their initiation. We took them to an old deserted house where... Two young men, about our age, had been murdered recently. Their murderer was still at large. We gave Jack a lighted candle and told him to go up... No, he was Jack Lemon, And the other's Howard Kramer. (laughs) (laughs) And Harry Potter, of course. So we gave Jack a lighted candle and told him to go up to the third floor. Stay there for an hour, we told him. (laughs) Then come back down. Don't speak. Don't make any noise. If your candle goes out, carry on in the dark. From where we were standing, we could see the light from Jack's candle moving up the stairs to the second floor, then to the third. But when he got to the third floor, his candle went out. We guessed that he had come to a drafty corner, and the wind blew it out. But when the hour went by and he didn't come down, we weren't so sure. We waited another 15 minutes and got more and more nervous. So we sent Howard Kramer up after him. When Howard got to the third floor, his candle also went out. We waited 10 minutes... 20 minutes, but there was no sign of either of them. Come on down, we called, but they didn't answer. Finally, we decided to go and get them. Finally, we decided to go and get them. Armed with flashlights, we started up the stairs. It was as quiet and dark as a grave in that house. When we got to the second floor, we called out again, 
but there was no answer. We got to the third floor. We walked into a great big open space like an attic. Jack and Howard weren't there, but we saw footprints in the dust. These led to a room on the other side of the attic. That room was also empty, but there was fresh blood on the floor, and the window was wide open. It was about 25 feet to the ground, but there was no ladder or rope in sight that they could have used to get, a, to get down. We searched the rest of the house and the land around the house and found nothing. We decided they were playing a trick on us. We figured that in some way they had escaped through the window and were hiding in the woods. The blood on the floor was to throw us off the track. We guessed that they'd show up the next day with a lot of stories and a lot of laughs. But they didn't. The next day we told the Dean of Men <laughs> what had happened, and he reported it to the police. The police didn't find anything either, and after several weeks the search ended. To this day, no one knows what happened to Jack Lemon and Howard Kramer. Hmm. Hurry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> Dean! <laughs> Dean! <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> I don't want to watch any more of that show with you. Come on, man! Alright, so we got a fun picture of, of some stairs. Spooky stairs. Spooky, misty oh. stairs with some, some vapor. You damn Oh, oh shit. There's still more of the story. But there isn't much more to tell, he said. <laughs> right, right, right. We weren't arrested, but the college disbanded the fraternity and suspended the nine of us from school for a year. The strangest part came after we graduated. Someone wants the place to curse on us. Every year since then, around the time of that initiation, one of us has died or gone crazy. What was, what was that number? Was nine years later. And then we have... Uh... I don't know, a, d a dark a dark hallway. Mm -hmm. I'm oh. the only one left. <laughs> what? There's yeah, the story keeps continuing. It's on several pages. <laughs> it's supposed to be a book. I'm You'd the only this. one left, he said, and I'm in pretty good health. But there are times when I feel just a little peculiar, and then in, in parentheses, <laughs> now rush at someone in the audience and scream, so in the in the honor of scary stories to tell in the dark these are stories that are supposed to be told like around On a campfire, campfire or mm. you know to, to your siblings or you know like when when you stayed over at sleepovers as a kid and there were a bunch of you and this is a real story I'm now telling a real story okay. there's a bunch of you up in your friends like third floor bedroom and all of you are deciding to tell scary stories, and one of you decides to tell a scary story about that person's creepy-ass basement. And we <laughs> dare, where am I, to go down and check out oh, the yeah. creepy-ass basement. And he comes up crying, and his mom has to come and pick him up from the sleepover, because we scared him so bad that he didn't want to hang out with us anymore. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I blame it all on uh, Terry the Tickler. Anyway. The devil was down there. The devil was down there is what he said. Good stuff. Nothing's changed. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh we're on to the next section. This one's called The Last Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> These stories are scary and furry. Funny. 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 <laughs> he said furry. Oh, a little Freudian. <laughs> scary and there's something you want to share? This is a fun bat guy. I mean, you want to like... You like big old cat... <laughs> big old cat tits? What's your spirit animal? 
fucking, I don't know, probably something shitty like a fucking mouse or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so quiet. Find something shitty like a mouse or something. Like a fucking field, field mouse. mouse. <laughs> if you couldn't quite hear that, Harold Heavy Hands wants to be a sexy little mouse for me. No. no. Alright, so we have a fun picture of a, of a busted ass church and uh, an oh, even more busted ass little graveyard right next to it. That's fun. It's yours. It's a hippo. Oh. oh and I'm Jesus. gonna <laughs> Is it my turn? No, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn? It's you're gonna else. you're gonna read about the church. Heavens. Me and me and me and Larry used to go to church together. <laughs> Long ball Larry Parker. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Long ball Larry Parker. <laughs> there, was, there was a fellow named Long ball Larry who wasn't afraid of anybody alive. It seems on point. But anybody who was dead scared the wits out of him. One night, Long ball Larry was out driving in the country in his old Jeep when he got caught in a bad thunderstorm. The rain was coming down in sheets. Since his Jeep didn't have a top to it, Larry started looking for a place to take shelter. But in the first place he came to, he didn't even slow down. It was an old deserted cabin, probably as dry as a bone inside. But Larry knew for a fact that it was haunted, and he wasn't going to stay there. A few miles farther, he came to it, an old abandoned church standing all alone in a field. It hadn't been using years. All the window glass was gone, but it still had sections of roof intact. So Larry parked his Jeep and ran inside. Longball Larry. Just <laughs> You've missed two of them. It was as dark as could be in there. Larry groped around until it, he found a pew and sat down. It was nice and dry, just as he thought it would be. And he stretched out his legs and made himself comfortable. Suddenly there was a big flash of lightning, and Longball Larry saw that he wasn't the only one in the church. There were people sitting in almost every pew. They all had their heads bowed as if they were praying, and all they were dressed in white. These must be ghosts sitting in their shrouds, Larry thought. Longball Larry. They must have come... <laughs> They must have come in some graveyard to get dry. Larry jumped up and ran down the aisle as fast as he could, right smack into one of the ghosts. And the ghosts, and the ghosts, he went bah, ah, ah. <laughs> The ghost was, bah. was, a, was a goat, <laughs> apparently. Bah, ah, ah, ah. That was it. <laughs> instead, of, instead of saying boo, this ghost was just very specifically bah, bah, <laughs> bah. Ah. <laughs> Bah, uh, uh. <laughs> Good stuff. Boah. <laughs> I got some. Uh, I got some fun-looking baseball boys over here. All right. A little extra mouth on that one on the right, right? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Oh, we got the bad news. Hey, oh. bears. The bad news bears, baseball. Bad news. Look hey, look at you. I wonder if that's related. Well, they are wearing Cubs hats, aren't they? Yeah. Looks like it. Fucking Todd. Leon and Todd loved baseball. When they were young, they had played on the town's baseball team. Leon had been the pitcher, and Todd had played <laughs> second base. 
Now that they were a lot older, they spent their free time touching each other's wieners. Just kidding. Watching baseball games on TV and talking about baseball. Home run. Do you think they play baseball in heaven? Leon asked Todd one day. That's a good question, said Todd. The one who gets there first should let the other one know somehow. And as it turned out, Todd got to heaven first, and Leon waited patiently to hear from him. One day, Leon found Todd sitting in the living room waiting for him. Leon was very excited to see him. What's it like up there? He asked. And what about... Baseball? When it comes to baseball, said Todd, I have some good news. And I have some bad news. The good news is that we do play baseball in heaven. We have some fine teams. I play second base on my team, just like I used to in the old days. That's the good news. What's the bad news? asked Leon. The bad news, said Todd, is that you're scheduled to pitch tomorrow. Oh. oh. And strawberries catching. Oh, seven. Oh, we got a fun picture of a little lady with a, with a fun foot sticking out of the ground. Very fun foot. And we, she's carrying a box on wheels. That's it's a good picture, Steve Gamel. Good for you. Oh, cemetery soup for strawberry shortcake. On her way home from the market, the woman <clears throat> took a shortcut through the cemetery. Naturally. There, sticking up out of the ground... She saw a big boner. She picked it up and looked it over carefully. This will make a very good soup boner, she said. I think I'll take it home. It's perfect weather for hot soup. When she got home, the first thing she did was start the soup. Into the big soup pot went water, carrots, green beans, corn, barley, onions, potatoes, a snitch of beef, some salt and pepper, and the boner. She brought it all to a boil, then brought it down to a simmer. Why are we like five years old? It's like even I'm laughing at you just say the word. He said boner. Yum, she said, <laughs> sniffing it and tasting it. I can hardly wait till supper. Suddenly, she heard a small voice. Please give me back my boner. <laughs> <laughs> the woman paid no attention. Uh, just like a Soon woman she would. heard the voice again. May I have my boner back, please? <laughs> the woman was reading the newspaper. <laughs> the woman was reading the newspaper, and again, she didn't take any notice. In a little while, the voice spoke up once more. It was beginning to sound angry. Give me back my boner! The woman kept on reading the paper. Some people are too impatient, she muttered. Once more, the voice spoke. Now it sounded very angry, and it was so loud that the whole house shook. Please don't shake my house. I want my boner back! <laughs> the woman reached into the pot, grabbed the boner, and threw it out the window. In a voice just as loud, she shouted, Take the boner! <laughs> there was an eerie silence then the woman heard footsteps scurrying away from the house 
down the road toward the cemetery. And she got up and served herself some soup. I'm so confused. Boner soup. Are you sure there's not more? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 going. it's just boner soup. 37. This is a big old suit. It's a hanger head. <laughs> it's the new Slender Man. It's Hanger Man. Oh, shit. Alright. You're oh. gonna read the brown suit. Alright, here we go with the brown. From boner soup to brown suit. A woman came at a woman came to the funeral parlor to see her husband's corpse. He did a good job, she said to the undertaker. <laughs> he looks the way he always looked, except for one thing. My husband always wore a brown suit, but you have dressed him in blues. <laughs> There's no problem, said the undertaker. We can easily change that. When she returned later, her husband was wearing a brown suit. Now he looks just the way he always did, she said. I know you went through a lot of trouble. It was no trouble, he said. As it happened, there was a man here who was wearing a brown suit. And his widow felt that the blue would be better. In about your husband's eyes. <laughs> You're gonna fall asleep. <laughs> so we gave him the blue and gave your husband the brown. <laughs> Even so, she said, changing all that clothes was a big job. Not really. <laughs> really, said the undertaker. Oh, we did. Worst exchange. Their heads. I don't know if the mic picked any of them. <laughs> uh, it's, anyway. uh, it's okay, that's a brown suit. <laughs> Brown suit. Brown Google suit. it. <laughs> 57. <laughs> yes, this is page 57. Oh, of, like, course like I, of course I get the one that's a fucking song. Baroom! <laughs> this one is called Baroom. It's got two heads. O'Leary is dead, and O'Reilly don't know it. O'Reilly is dead, and O'Leary don't know it. They both are dead in the very same bed, and neither one knows that the other one's dead. Baroom! Baroom to the tune of the Irish washerwoman. Well, what's the Irish washerwoman? You're gonna learn. Oh. Uh, I would try and sing this, but I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna embarrass myself. Baroom. Whoa! Baroom. Hold the fuck on! That's seventy-seven. That's seventy-seven. We're on page forwards and backwards. And backwards. I'm gonna it's a read, palindrome. I'm gonna Whoa. read the next one because that Whoa, one look at the teeth on that motherfucker. That's a big old chair. That chair is a team. Oh, thumpity thump. Okay. <laughs> thumpity thump, thump, I got thump, a baroom thump. into a thumpity thump. Thumpity thump all you damn well thump thump. I don't even know how to say that word. I know it's connected. Or the word. The second or the word <laughs> right behind it. When we moved to Schenectady. Skodaris. From, from <laughs> Schaheri. We rented a house off the Thumpity thump. <laughs> when we moved to Schenectady. From Schaheri, 
We rented a house awful cheap because it was spooked and nobody would live in it. But we didn't care because we didn't take no stocking spooks. We had just gone to bed the first night dog tired from riding in a wagon all day. We hadn't had time to shut our eyes when we heard a thumpity thump, thumpity thump, coming down the attic stairs. I covered my head with the blankets, but I couldn't shut out the sound. Thumpity thump, oh fuck, thumpity thump, it went. I could hear it, plain as day. Past the bedroom door, thumpity thump, thumpity thump. And down the stairs, thumpity thump, thumpity thump. And through the kitchen, thumpity thump, thumpity thump. And down the cellar stairs, thumpity thump, thumpity thump. Making the most awful racket you ever heard. It was more than we could stand. So we all followed the sound to see what was going on. When we got down the cellar stairs, we saw it, that it was a chair that made all the racket. There it was, with one of its legs pointing to a place in the dirt on the floor. And when we all stood and just gopped till my brother Ike said he believed that the chair was trying to tell us something about the place it was pointing at. So Ike went and got a shovel and started digging. He didn't have to dig far before his shovel struck something hard. Pretty soon we could see the edge of a box sticking out. We all hollered for him to hurry up and uncover the rest of it. And the chair, it got so excited it jumped up and down like it had gone plumb crazy. When I got the box uncovered, Pop and the boys pried off the lid and there was the body of a man all smooched with blood. It was plain as the nose on your face that he had been murdered. And the chair wanted folks to know it. Right then and there we decided to leave. Being strangers, everybody would think that we had murdered him and come here to hide the body. It didn't take long to fill up that hole and get out of the house. And the chair was awful mad about our leaving and it went up the cellar stairs. Thumpty thump, thumpty thump. Louder than when it had gone down. Then it thumpty thumped right up next to the stairs and louder still. And when it got back into the attic, it thumpity thumped so loud that we thought it would thump all the plastering down on our heads. Nobody asked us why we were moving out so soon because nobody ever stayed more than one night in that place and most not that long. But I can tell you we were thankful to get back to Shikari where Falama chairs Magoo stay is. where they put... What? Skoharis. <laughs> where chairs stay where they're put and don't go raring and rampaging around scaring folks out of their wits pointing out murders and goodness knows what. It's a fun one. Oh, that's... That's literally the end of the book. Thumpity thump! Thumpity thumpity thump ends ends the fucking book. Would you would you would you look at that? Would you? We about to thump. Thump you right now. Oh yeah. Thump me, daddy. So your spirit animal's fucking hippo? Yeah, thumpity thump. Holy shit! Yeah, my spirit animal's a hippo. That's insane. (laughs) Since we got time, I think we should. uh, Hippos will fuck you up. They will. Hippos will fuck you. They have they have more deaths per year caused by by a hippo than uh, than by sharks. Hell yeah. You fucking mouse. What's your spirit animal? Death. My spirit animal. Um, I don't know if I've ever been asked that question before. Um, 
whales have the biggest dicks. No, definitely not in that case. Um. <laughs> uh. I don't know. I always, I always said that like my spirit animal is probably like an otter or something, like okay. a, or like a squirrel, or like a slippery little, like a little, critter. like a rodent yeah, critter or some kind. Slippery little devil. Nice fun, li- like a little dog, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Like a playful pup. Since we finished that one, I, I think we should actually get into like a little bit of the, uh, the third, <laughs> the third book, since we have some time. Okay. Let me just. What's that bird that like walks around and looks all freaky? An emu? No. Can you be more specific? It kind of looks like a pelican. A flamingo? No. A seagull? No. It's like this is a rare bird. A pelican? I'm gonna find it. Like a toucan? I like toucans. Oh, it's a shoe shoe bill. Shoe bill. Yeah, I know. They got them fat-ass beats. Are you saying that I'd be that? No, that'd probably be what I'd be. Hold on. <laughs> you'd, be the, you'd be the shoe bill? What's that creepy-ass bird he says? You ever see this fucking bird? No. It's fucking weird-looking. Hold on. It looks like a Pokemon. It's like in between a flamingo and a pelican. What the fuck am I looking at? Jesus Christ, it looks like a pterodactyl. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, it's a stork. That's what you're trying to say. It's specifically the shoe bill. Yeah, it's specifically the shoe bill stork. Of a shoe. Alright, listen, cunts. We're gonna read a little bit of Scary Stories 3. Because I didn't know that there were only fucking twenty minutes worth of oh, scary stories too. More tales can to you, chill your can boner. You, can you stop? Can you stop touching my my stuff? He's looking for claws. There's, there's zero claws. There's zero claws in this one. I mean, is it? But it's also not a word. Document. Yeah, it's like it's images. images. It's probably not like OCR. So it's not yeah. gonna do. It might have. Honestly, it might have. Scary stories three. More tales to it's chill your, your boners. boners. All right. And this one, of course, is by Alvin Schwartz, our our Godfather. Uh, and we got a we got a witch just screaming on the cover page. <laughs> <laughs> All of our screams were accepted. Scary Stories three, with a pissed off candied apple and a spooky tree. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? And whatever is happening with his, with his arm over there. Scary Stories 3, More Tales to Chill Your Bones, Alvin Schwartz, of course, drawings by the wonderful Stephen Gamel. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, these these are not published anymore. They got a different author to come back and do less spooky illustrations. Oh, this one's dedicated Whoa. to Justin. I wish we knew Justin. Yeah. Contents. Oh, we're going to start with... <laughs> Start with Boo Men. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Boo Men. One ball, you're up. Is he? No, Ted Danson is up. Yeah, All right. just thumpity thumped. I just thumpity thumped. I'm going to let One you ball. read some Boo Men. Boo Hoo Men. It's a Baja Men reference. The girl was late getting home for supper, so she took a shortcut through the cemetery 
but oh, it made her nervous. When she saw another girl ahead of her, she hurried to catch up. Do you mind if I walk with you? She asked. Walking through the cemetery at night scares me. I know what you mean, the other girl said. I used to feel that way when I was alive. <laughs> there are all sorts of things that scare us. The dead scare us, for one day we will be dead like they are. The dark scares us, for we don't know what is waiting in the dark. At night, the sound of leaves rustling, or branches groaning, or someone whispering makes us uneasy. So do footsteps coming closer. So do strange figures we think we see in the shadows. A human, maybe, or a big animal, or some, or some horrible thing sitting next to us that we can barely make out with. <laughs> People call these creatures we think we see Baja men. We imagine them, they say. We try to find where they left the dogs out. But now and then, a Baja man turns out to be real. Queer happenings scare us too. We hear Tell me don't, about it. Don't, don't, don't even try to go there. Frowns would be so mad. Tell me about it. We hear of a boy or a girl who was raised by an animal, a human being like us who yelps and howls and runs on all fours. The thought of it <laughs> makes a, makes <laughs> no, a I, flesh I thought it crawl. might have some claws. <laughs> crawl. <laughs> we hear of insects that make their nests in a person's body, or of a nightmare that comes true and we shudder. If such things really do happen, then they could happen to us. It is from such fears that scary stories grow. This is the third book of such stories I have collected. I learned some of them from people I met. I found others. Tales that had been written down in folklore archives and in libraries. As we always do with tales we learn, I have told them in my own way. Some stories in this book have been told only in recent times, but others have been part of our folklore for as long as we know. As one person told another, the details may have changed, but the story itself has not, for what once frightened people still frightens them. I thought at first that one of the stories I found was a modern story. It's the one I call The Bus Stop. I got a great joke about bus stops. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> I then discovered that a similar story had been told 2,000 years earlier in ancient Rome, but the young woman involved was named Philaninian, not Joanna as she is in our story. Are the stories in this book true? The one I call The Trouble is true. I can't be sure about the others. Most may have at least a little truth, for strange things sometimes happen, and people love to tell about them and turn them into even better stories. Nowadays, most people say that they don't believe in ghosts and queer happenings and such, yet they still fear the dead in the dark, and they still see Baja men waiting in the shadows with their next number one hit. And they still tell scary stories, just as people always have. Yeah, them queer happenings. Alvin, Alvin Schwartz. Schwartz, the uh, the the beloved author of all three of these books, uh, is. Do, do you you know we didn't even talk about it before getting into to reading, but now would be a good time to mention. Did you guys read these books at all when you were kids? I did, yeah. You you had expressed excitement. When yeah. I brought it up when we were at the drive-in, I don't like time. remember them, but I I know I have read them. It's like the I type of thing, the right? It's the yeah. type of thing where we we in reading these over again, I find myself going like, 
oh, I remember this one. Like, I did it, like, the entire yeah. time I was here with Deputy Dewey. The first book is easily the, the best one and the easiest to remember. It has it has really great stuff, but the books kind of go into the more obscure the more we move on. Like, I can't say for certain other than the uh, Give Me Back My Boner for Boner Soup story. Like, that one I remembered. That one Damn. I remembered as clear as day. But I don't know if I necessarily remembered any of the other ones we read from that last one just now. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Harold Heavyhands start with this uh, the next section down here, but I'll read the uh, When Death Arrives, which is the header of this section well, of Captain stories. Death, Hold on real quick. Should you take this one? I got a... No, no, no. I got a real quick. What's the oh, difference yeah, yeah, yeah. between a dirty bus stop and a lobster with tits? Jack off on a lobster with tits? Nah, one's a crusty bus station, the other's a busty crustacean. That is a good (laughs) that is a good joke. Alright, this section of stories is called When Death Arrives. When Death Arrives, it usually is the end of the story, but in these stories, it is only the beginning. Death. We got a truck flying up, flying in space. Is that your truck, Dave? Just pointing up up at it. All right, Harold, heavy hands, take it away. We got the appointment. A 60-year-old boy worked on his grandfather's horse farm. One morning, he drove a pickup truck into town on an errand. While he was while he was walking along the main street, he saw death. Death beckoned him. Hey. Come here. The boy drove back to the farm as fast as he could, and he told his grandfather what happened. Give me the truck, he begged. I'll go to the city. He'll never find me there. His, grand- his grandfather <laughs> gave him the truck. That was the boy who was reading. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. His, grand- his grandfather gave him the truck, and the boy sped away. After he left, his grandfather went into town looking for death. I'm right here. When he found him, he asked, Why did you frighten my grandson that way? He is only 16. He is too young to die. He can't consent yet. I'm sorry about that, said Death. (laughs) No, come on, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) I I did not mean to beckon him, but I was surprised to see him here. You see, I have an appointment with him this afternoon in the city. Oh, what? No. <laughs> Why did you read it like that? <laughs> I did not mean to beckon him, but I was surprised to see him here. You see, I have an appointment with him this afternoon. In, in the, the city. city. <laughs> <laughs> like a field mouse. Like a fucking field mouse. <laughs> Alright, I guess I'm reading about yeah, the bus stop. <laughs> the bus decrestation. Alright. Ed Hawk was driving home from work in a rainstorm while he waited for a traffic light to change. He saw a young woman standing alone at the bus stop. She had no umbrella and was soaking wet. Oh, yeah. Are you going toward Farmington? He called. Yes, I am, she said. Would you like a ride home? I would, she said, and she got in. Uh, My name uh, is Joanna Finney. Thank you for rescuing me. I'm Ed Cock, 
he said, and you're welcome. On the way, they talked and talked. She told him about her family and her job and where she had gone to school, and he told her about himself, and by the time they got to her house, the rain had stopped. I'm glad it rained, Ed said. Would you like to go out tomorrow after work? I'd love to, Joanna said, and she asked him to meet her at the bus stop since it was near her office. They had such a good time, they went out many times after that. Always they would meet at the bus stop, and off they would go. Ed liked her more each time he saw her, but one night when they had a date to go out, Joanna did not appear. Ed waited at the bus stop for almost an hour. Maybe something is wrong, he thought, and he drove to her house in Farmington. An older woman came to the door. I'm Ed Cock, he said. Maybe Joanna told you about me? I had a date with her tonight. We were supposed to meet at the bus stop near her office, but she didn't show up. Is she all right? The woman looked at him as if he had said something strange. I'm Joanna's mother, she said slowly. Joanna isn't here now, but why don't you come in? Ed pointed to a picture on the mantel that looks just like her, he said. It did, once, her mother replied. But that picture was taken when she was your age, about 27 years ago. Oh, that's, I said 27. About 20 years ago. Ruin the story. Few, <laughs> An extra seven years makes the whole difference. <laughs> About 20 years ago, a few days later, she was waiting in the rain at the bus stop and a car hit her. And she was killed. Well, I mean, it's what? like 20 is a good number. Isn't, the, isn't that like the fucking it thing comes back every 20? That was 27. That was 27. That was 27. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, what my head was doing there. But no, okay. that's the one that he said. I mean, he that's probably, was that was probably it, right? You're like it. This was the one that was that he thought was modern, but it was like a Greek thing. Yeah, or something. It, was, it was based back in like, Rome. That one mm. is as old as dirt. Really? Uh, yeah, you could tell that story anywhere. Fuck you! You're dirt. <laughs> no, he's cake. <laughs> no, he's he's hippo. No, <laughs> no he is cake. No, he's longful. All right. <laughs> All right. So we got we got faster and faster. Faster and faster. Every time you read a word, it has to be faster. No, don't read. Don't <laughs> listen to him. Just, just so read. Okay, no, just nope. And then build. My Look way how out. much story there that's, is. That's just, like, re- that's, just read it normal. It's, it's doable. Read it normal. It's doable. <laughs> Sam and his cousin Bob went walking in the woods. The only sounds were leaves rustling and now and again a bird chirping. It's so quiet here, Bob whispered. But that soon changed. After a few minutes, the two boys started whooping and hollering and chasing one another around. Sam ducked behind the tree. When Bob came by, Sam jumped out at him. Then Bob waved ahead and hid behind a bush. And when he looked down, there at his feet was an old drum. Sam, see what I found, he called. It looked like a tom-tom. I bet it's a hundred years old. Look at the, the red stains on it, said Sam. I bet it's somebody's blood. Let's get out of here. But Bob could not resist twying the drum. He sat on the ground and held it between his legs, and he beat on it with one hand, 
then the other, slowly at first, then faster and faster, almost as if he couldn't stop. Suddenly, there were shouts in the woods, and the sound of hoofbeats, a cloud of dust rose from behind a line of trees. Then men on horseback galloped toward them. Bob, let's go, Sam shouted. He began to run, hurry! Bob dropped the drum and ran after him. Sam heard the clang of a blow firing an arrow. Then he heard Bob scream. Ah! When Sam turned, he saw Bob pitch forward dead. But there was no arrow in his body, and there was no wound. And when the police searched, there were no men on horseback, there were no hoofprints, and there was no drum. The only sounds were leaves rustling, and now and again, a bird chirping. Chirp. Okay, so you... Somewhere before you started reading that story, you decided <laughs> that the whole fucking faster thing I was out the window. But not only were you gonna slip in like a lisp now, but also old... you were only going to enunciate your R's sometimes. It was the old flip and reverse it. <laughs> yeah. The old flip and reverse it. You wanted faster and faster. He gave you. I gave you a speech impediment. Stupider. <laughs> I got a speech impediment. Uh, you, you, you know, I gotta take. If I was wearing a hat like you guys, I would take it off because you reminded me of hearing uh, this these types of stories around the campfire, as. Uh, my stupid ass friends would try to tell them to me. So thank you for making me like real very welcome. <laughs> relive that moment. That was a missed opportunity. You're never gonna get a story called fast. Go faster. Fast fast I would stop twiffing over my well, words. You're, you're looking just delicious. delicious. Just delicious. Just delicious. Delicious. <clears throat> so can I just call a I'm just going to replace George Flynn's name with Bev. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't understand why. Are you also switching your pronouns, or is Bev, like... Bevy loved to eat. Okay. Each day at noon, she closed her camera shop... This is going to be different. <laughs> <laughs> ...for two hours and went home for a big lunch. <laughs> her wife, Mina... Cooked for him. <laughs> You're already fucked wrong. up. You're already wrong. Now we don't know who the hell oh, is. Oh, shit! <laughs> it's supposed to be George Flint. Just read the fucking story. Bevy. Just because you think Betty looks delicious. <laughs> Bevy was a bully, and Mina was a timid woman who did everything she asked because she was afraid of her. I don't now know what she is. <laughs> 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 I don't know which her you're talking about. <laughs> this is why we do it with a heterosexual couple. <laughs> On our way home for lunch one day, Bev stopped at the butcher shop and bought a pound of liver. She loved liver. She would have me to cook her for dinner that night. Despite all her complaints about her, she was very good cook. <laughs> Which one? While Bevy ate her lunch, Mina told her that a rich old woman in town had died. That's the third woman in the story. <laughs> yeah, now her body. I don't know which one. Her body was in a church next door. 
It was an open coffin. Anyone who wanted to see her could. As usual, Bev was not interested in what Mina had to say. I've got to go back to work, she told her. After she left, Mina began to cook the liver. She added vegetables and spices and simmered it all afternoon, just the way Bevy liked it. When she thought it was done, she cut off a small piece and tasted it. It was delicious. Just delicious. Delicious. The best she had ever made. She ate a second piece, then a third. It was so good she couldn't stop. It was only when the liver was all gone that she thought of Bev. She would be coming home soon. What would he do? She. What would she do when she found that she had been eating all the liver? Some men would laugh, <laughs> but not Bev, because she's not a man. He would be, she would be angry and mean, and she did not want to face that again. But where could she get another piece of liver that late in the day? Then she remembered the old woman lying in the church next door waiting to be buried. Right, so she just went and got the liver of the dead the dead lady. Yeah, to replace the liver. To replace that she got to from feed the There's more like of the fucking story. Bevy, Bevy, said. She'd have never had a better dinner. Have some liver, Mina, she said. It's just delicious. But I'm not hungry, she said. You finished shit. That night, after Bev had fallen asleep, Mina sat in the bed trying to read. But all she could think of... All, but all she could think about was what she had done. Then she thought she heard a woman's voice. Who has my liver? It asked. <laughs> Who has it? Was it her imagination? Was she dreaming? Now the voice was closer. Who has my liver? It asked. Who has it? <laughs> Mina wanted to run. No no, 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 no. She whispered. I don't have it. I don't have your liver. Now the voice was right next to her. Who has my liver? It asked. Who has it? <laughs> Mina wanted to run. No, no. Oh, that was already <laughs> there. <laughs> Mina froze it there. Back no, to the no, next. No. <laughs> Who has it? <laughs> Mina froze with terror. She pointed to Beth. She does, she said. She has it. Suddenly the light went out. And Bevy screamed and screamed. That's it. Do you feel Do you feel better having replaced all of the George Flints? I hope. With, I just hope Bevy. it's not too confusing for the listeners at home. No, they it was got con- it. It was confusing sure. enough for me s- sitting here on the couch. It was confusing thinking for you about when you were reading it. Because <laughs> <laughs> she said that she did what she wanted to her. <laughs> Bev is a piece, though. What? You know Bev. You you broke death. <laughs> you know Bev, though, right? I don't think I know Bev. You're still my little girl, ain't you? All right. Hello, Kate. Tom Connors was on his way to a dance in the next village. It was a long walk through the fields and woods, but it was soft, sweet evening, and he loved dancing. 
So Tom, he didn't mind. He had gone only a short distance when he noticed a young woman following him. Maybe she's going to the dance, he thought. And he stopped and he waited for her, and as the woman got closer, he saw that it was Kate Faherty. Ooh. They had danced together many times. Oh, yeah. He was about to call, Hello, Kate! When suddenly, he remembered that Kate was dead. She died last year. Yet, there she was, all dressed up and ready for the dance. Tom wanted to run, but somehow it didn't seem right to run from Kate. He turned and he started to walk away as fast as he could, but Kate followed him. And he took a shortcut across a field, but she still followed. When he got to the dance hall, she was right behind him, and there were a lot of people standing outside, and Tom tried to lose Kate in the crowd. And he worked his way up to the side of the building, and he squeezed up against the wall behind some people, but Kate followed. She came so close, she brushed up against him. And then she stopped, and she waited. He wanted to say, hello, Kate, just the way he did when she was alive. But he was so frightened he couldn't speak. Her eyes looked into his eyes, and she vanished. Is that the end? Three. We're going to read one more story a piece. One more piece. Can this be the Bev closer? Will we all include Bev in our all right, story? So, so instead of the black dog, it's the, the black Bev. The please, black please Bev. stop. I'm not doing please. the black Bev. Please, thank please. you. Please. Thank you, Strawberry Shortcake. At least yeah, make no Peter so, so this next one. So this next one. <laughs> the problem with reading actual published works is in order to not get in trouble for reading them, we should try to be as authentic as possible because they are based on actual urban legends and no one knows who the fuck your obsession with Sophia Lillis is dedicated to. So, the black dog, Strawberry Shortcake. <clears throat> it was 11 o'clock at night. Bev Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. The minute I saw a name, I was like, God damn it. I feel it too, but it was just the hesitation. <laughs> and me Peter, on the fucking edge of my seat. Peter Rothberg. Bev Rothberg was in bed on the second floor of the old house where she lived alone. It had gotten so chilly, she went downstairs to turn up the heat. As Bev was on her way back to bed, <laughs> a black dog ran down the stairs. It passed her and disappeared into the darkness. Hold on, hold on. Just Where so you know, it could be way worse. He could have just said a black Bev ran down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. You're welcome. I'm glad, so, like, all right? Yeah, you're welcome. And this is like, Bev lives alone. It's not like we're getting confused with Bev's wife. <clears throat> I want this to be the Bev special. No. Where we all this just close out on Bev's literally This is literally... The episode. This is literally the part... The This is part four of a series. You are coming in and fucking up an entire series right now. <laughs> Story's called The Black Dog. I hope your story indirectly has a Beverly in it. <laughs> He's gonna change it to a Peter. <laughs> Alright. So anyway. As Bev was on her way back to bed black dog ran down the stairs. It passed her and disappeared into the darkness. Where did you come from? Bev said. She had never seen the dog before. She turned on all the lights and looked in every room. She couldn't find the dog anywhere. She went outside and brought in the two watchdogs she kept in the backyard. But they acted as if they were the only dogs in the house. 
next night, again at 11 o'clock, Bev was in her bedroom. She heard what sounded like a dog walking around in the room above her. She dashed upstairs and threw open the door. The room was empty. She looked under the bed. She looked in the closet. Nothing. But when she got back to her bedroom, she heard a dog running down the stairs. It was the black dog. She tried to follow it, but again, she could not find where it had gone. From then on, every night at 11, Bev heard the dog walking in the room above her. The room was always empty, but after she left, the dog would come out of hiding, run down the stairs, and disappear. One night, Bev's neighbor waited with her for the dog. At the usual time, they heard it above him. <coughs> then they heard it on the stairs. When they went out in the hall, it was standing at the foot of the stairs, looking up at them. The neighbor whistled, and the dog wagged its tail. Then it was gone. Things went on this way until the night Bev decided to bring her watchdogs into the house again. Maybe this time they would find the black dog and drive it away. Just before 11, she took them up to her bedroom and left the door open. Then she heard the black dog moving around above her. Her dogs pricked up their ears and ran to the door. Suddenly they bared their teeth and snarled and backed away. <laughs> Bev could not see the black dog or hear it, but she was sure that it had entered the room. Her dogs barked and snapped. They darted forward nervously, then backed away again. Suddenly, one of them yelped. Yep! It began bleeding, then dropped to the floor, its neck torn open. A minute later, it was dead. Bev's other dog backed into a corner, whimpering. Then everything was still. The next night, Bev's neighbor came back with a pistol. Again, they waited in her bedroom. At 11 o'clock, the black dog came down the stairs. As before, it looked up at them and wagged its tail. And when they started towards it with the pistol, it growled and disappeared. <laughs> that was the last Bev saw of the black dog. But it did not mean that the dog was gone. Now and then, always at 11, she heard it moving around above her. Once she heard it running down the stairs, once she heard it running down the stairs, she never managed to see it again. But she knew that it was there. We got some feet coming out of the ceiling. Ceiling we legs. Got, uh, we got footsteps. <laughs> okay. It's all you, Harold. Uh, Bev was doing her homework at the dining room table. Her younger sister, Bev, was sleeping upstairs. <laughs> please, please, only one. Only one. I can, genu I can genuinely only handle one. Pick which name you are replacing, because I'm not going to let you replace every name with Bev. I'm not. I'm not. Their you need to pick up. one. Pick one! Pick one! Start the line up! <laughs> Their mother was out. There was only one bed! <laughs> Not letting you continue. Her young sister, Sarah, was asleep upstairs. <laughs> Alright. Bev was doing her homework at the dining room table. Her younger brother, Bobby, was upstairs. <laughs> Their mother was out. But she expected to be. <laughs> but she was expected to be back any minute. When the front door opened and shut, Bev called, "Hello, Mama!" But her mother didn't answer, and the footsteps Bev heard were heavier, like a man's. Who's there? She called. 
No one replied. She heard whoever it was walk through the living room, then up the stairs to the second floor. The footsteps moved from one bedroom to the other. Again, Liz called. Move there. So you got Liz's name right? Ah, shit. Again, Bev called. Thank you. Who's there? The footsteps stopped. Then she thought, Oh my god. Bobby's in his bedroom. She ran upstairs to Bobby's room. Only Bobby was there. And Bobby was asleep. Bev looked in the other rooms, but no one found no one. She went back down to the dining room, scared out of her wits. <sighs> Soon she heard footsteps again. They were coming down the stairs into the living room. Now they went into the kitchen. Then the door between the kitchen and the dining room slowly began to open. Get out! Bev screamed. The door slowly closed. The footsteps moved out of the kitchen, through the living room, toward the front door. The door opened and shut. Bev ran to the window to see who it was. No one was in sight, nor were there any any footsteps in the fresh snow that had been falling. Damn, Ghost man. just just uh, comes comes into your house, walks all over your fucking place, and fucking leaves. And there was only one set of footprints in the sand, for that was when Jesus had been carrying Bev. Jesus wept. Right. I'm glad that this is what we're doing. Come we on. Got a fun, we got a fun gaggle. Bring it home with the bed. <laughs> we, got it, we got a fun gaggle of gentlemen here. Um, gaggle of bevs. Gooly bunch. Which, uh, oh. Like bev's eyes. Like cat's eyes. As bev brand. Uh, why, why do I get the shortest one? <laughs> as Jim Brand lay dying, his wife... Bev. Yeah! <laughs> left him with his nurse and went into the next room to rest. Beverly sat in the dark, staring into the night. Suddenly, Lil Bev saw headlights come rapidly up the driveway. Oh no! Bev thought, I don't want visitors now, no, not now. But it wasn't a car bringing a visitor. It was an old hearse with maybe a half dozen small men hanging from the sides. At least, that's what it looked like. The hearse screeched to a stop, and the men jumped up and stared up at her, their eyes glowing with a soft yellow light like cat's eyes. She watched with horror as they disappeared into her house. An instant later, they were back, lifting something into the hearse, and then they drove off at high speed, wheels squealing, the gravel in the driveway flying in all directions. At that moment, the nurse came by to say that Jim Brand had died. Oh, dang. So the the little demons come to collect his soul. little people came. Come to get his fucking soul. They were cat people, though? They were like little demon boys. No, like, just they, they had the cat little, eyes. Little, little dead, little dead did boys. Did they have the buttholes, or were they removed? They had. They did. They, nothing yeah. was mentioned about their their buttholes. No, they, it's in the drawing. 
I don't agree there with ain't you, I are in the drawing. And I'm done with this this episode. I don't. The Beverly Spectacular. Nope. Nope. It's literally it's literally um, called episode one eighty eight. Feel the shorts part sure. four, with strawberry shortcake and Harold, Beverly hands. Baba boy. So yeah, if you know the plural of anus, and would like to tell me tomorrow so I can include it in today's episode, that would be great. So, uh, probably I'd ask, probably I'd ask how, is a lot cooler. I'd ask how you felt about today's episode, but to be completely honest, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done and we did it. So here we are. Episode 188. And I, I wish I, I wish I could say that, <laughs> that I'm not going to see you guys again for a while, but I'm going to see you guys in... 12 episodes or so for the 200 episode special. Yeah, cheers! Why, did you not have a good time? Because you're just going to throw more more Bev into my fucking campaign. <laughs> the campaign no, that... No, no, I've that spent, was just no. this episode. I've this spent, is the Beverly This is the Bev episode. Can I tell you... Can I tell you... <laughs> that, that the campaign is, is 40 pages that I have written. That's and, a lot of Bev. And it's... And it's a 15 page... Is there any Bev, though? It is a 15 page map. Oof. Um, is it designed... Printer pages. It specifically is around... 15 pages. Specifically around people, or just kind of, like, random? Like, do you have an idea of what you want people to run into, specifically? As so that was episode 188 <laughs> with, Harold, yes. with Harold with Harold Heavy Hands yeah, I think and I'm, Strawberry Shortcake. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the special <laughs> anymore because it's special. So if you want to catch some of the special, tune in in about 12 weeks Drop and then ball. again the week after that point. I dropped my bag. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out. I'm gonna, you dropped your bev. Do you get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, beverage. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So I'm gonna give a shout out to the YouTube. Thank you to all the new subscribers, the people who have hopped over from SoundCloud to YouTube. Uh, love you guys. Thank you for all of the views. We posted uh, one episode of Phasmophobia. Actually, the second one is will be up by this. What do you point. listen on? But uh, we we Spotify. have he lives on Spotify. That he does. So um, you know, uh, shout out to to all the people watching us on YouTube. Lots of material to come. Uh, second episode of Phasmophobia is already up, and I'm playing through another game with Deputy Dewey, uh, and we'll have a lot more Phasmophobia to show. I have I have so many hours of footage to cut down. Um, so, so definitely hop over to our YouTube if you haven't already, because we are doing some fun stuff there. Harold Heavy Hands is, is there. We're playing, playing Eat some, a dick. playing some games together over there. So hop, hop on, hop on the YouTube and smash that subscribe and, and like button. And remember to a heavy hand <laughs> to kill yourself. Harold Bevy Hands. <laughs> That's what I already said it. Oh, did you? Damn it. <laughs> did you say straw bevy short <laughs> No, I didn't. That's, no, that's good. Harold Bevy I said, hands. I said Her Harold Beverly hands. Oh, but I guess yours good. I guess yours was better. No. It's, it's fine. Well I was uh,
They're both dead. So as long as Bev's involved, it doesn't yeah. matter. Mine doesn't work. Oh no, it works. Captain Bev. Away to the days and when the moon is high, a little wise with a tie with the lust for life. I'm messing on me, I won't run into more. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore. Away to days and when the moon is high, and then I'll rise with a tie with the lust for life. I'm messing on me, I won't run into more. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore.